Good morning. Isn't God good? Um, I, I was supposed to be preaching this morning, but I, I'm not going to do that. But uh, I, I trust that I'll be able to encourage you. There are some things I want to share, really, I think, around some words of knowledge. So I'm as confused as you are this morning. But God is here, and uh, I believe he, he wants to do some things for us individually. I just want to share one or two scriptures with you. I'm going to read to you from uh, Judges chapter 6, first of all, just a few verses about Gideon, and uh, then a couple of other verses I want to share with you. I'll read these verses to you. I'm going to read Judges 6, verse 11 to 14. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which was in Ophrah which belonged to Joash the Abiezrite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, mighty man of valor, just a kid. Gideon said to him, Oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened? And where... Are all the miracles which our fathers did uh, told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Then the angel of the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you will save Israel from the hands of the Midianites. I just want to base uh, some of my encouragement on that scripture this morning and I want to talk to you just for a little while about the call of God. You see, we all have the call of God on our lives because when God saved us, he called us to follow him and there is a role, the scripture talks about the arrangements for our lives being in place before the foundation of the world. That's an incredible thing. Uh, And God had plans for us before he created us. And our plans were to be in his service, were to be serving him and to be effective. He didn't call us all to be great preachers like Reinhard Bonnke and, and Billy Graham, you know, those of you who remember preachers like that. And some of the great preachers of our time, he didn't call us all to do that, but he called us all. The call of God is on all of our lives. And I just want to encourage some of you this morning about the call of God on your life and my life. Romans 11 and verse 29 says this, God's gift and his call is irrevocable. God's gift and his call is irrevocable. I believe Adrian mentioned that scripture a while or two ago. And, uh, but I just want to encourage some of you about the call of God. There are several areas that God has spoken to me about this morning. Some of you may be able to go back. I can go back to a time when I was 11 years of age. And, uh, and I came home and said to my mum, God spoke to me tonight. And God's called me. And she was a, a woman of faith and she encouraged me. She said, well, that's great, son. That's really great. 
What's he called you to do? I said, I don't know, but I, I know he's called me to be a preacher and to be a minister of the gospel. Well, she said, that's really wonderful. And she encouraged me. And, but I heard the voice of God. God spoke to me at 11 years of age. And uh, I just feel there may be some of you here tonight, this morning even, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> there may be some of you here this morning who heard the call of God a long time ago. And you're feeling you've missed the opportunity. You've mi- Romans tells us that God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. So the fact that a lot of water might have gone under the bridge and a lot of time must, might have passed by, it isn't too late. Do you believe that? I've messed up. If I were to tell you about the things that I've messed up in my life, you would never want to listen to me standing here again. And probably the same for you. We have all messed up. We have all failed at some time. We have all got it wrong. Is there anybody here who's never got it wrong? Because I'd like to know how you do it. We've all got it wrong. But God never gets it wrong. And when he calls, his call is upon our life. And I just want to say to some of you this morning that may be feeling it's too late now. I missed it so many years ago. I felt that uh, in in the time when I was a young person and God called us, when you talk to your leaders, the first thing they wanted to do was send you to Bible college. Some of you older ones will remember that that's that's how, well, you need to go to Bible college. And, um, And I remember thinking, well, I better go to Bible college. And when I tried to go to Bible college, the principal so put me off I never went, so I never went to Bible college. I've never been trained properly, but there's been something about the Spirit of God that came upon me when I was 11 that has remained with me and has seen me through. And the Spirit is a wonderful teacher. And so for some of you this morning, I just want to encourage you, it isn't too late. The call of God is irrevocable, and if we're prepared to let God use us, it would not matter if we were 101 today. God will take us up and he will fulfill his purpose and his plan through our lives because he has called us and he equips us and he fulfills uh, our lives and his mission in our lives. And when Gideon was called, he was just a young lad. And of course, the first thing he said was, you've got the wrong one. You've got the wrong one. An angel of the Lord came to Gideon and, uh, and said that the Lord wants you to go and deliver your nation. He said, not me. I'm just a kid. I'm the least in my father's household. And, and look at the mess we're in. Look at me. I'm even grinding corn in the wine press. Who does that unless we're desperate to hide from the enemy? And the interesting thing is that the angel of the Lord said to Gideon, Go with the strength that you have. Now, what did he say? He said, listen, never mind about where you're coming from. Never mind about your past, your family background. Never mind about your mistakes. Go and do something about it. And I just believe that God wants to say to some of us this morning, listen, we've got all that we need to begin to follow the call of God upon our lives. And as we begin to step out and trust him, he will begin to enlarge our uh, understanding, enlarge our ministry, enlarge our gifting. But Gideon was told, go with what you have. 
And of course, those of you who know the story of Gideon, and I, I don't particularly want to just go into that this morning, but those who know the story of Gideon, he went on into, an, into a miraculous demonstration of the power of God in his nation and for his, for his people. And I want to encourage you this morning, if God has called you and you feel so many things have gone wrong, it's too late now, I've missed it, I've got to settle for second best. You haven't got to settle for second best. God is still calling and he still wants us to say, here I am, send me. There are those, and maybe I feel this morning, there are those here that say, well, I can't fill those sort of shoes. Listen, we don't have to. God doesn't call us to fill other people's shoes. In fact, some people's shoes I wouldn't want to fill, would you? No, definitely not. God does not call us to fill other people's shoes. He calls us to follow him. And I have a, a, a young man who I've, I've um, had a lot of input into his life uh, ever since he was born, really. And he's about 40 now. And, um, you know, something quite tragic happened in that young man's family. And his dad died quite young. When his dad died, his mum said to him, Son, you are now the man of the family. You have now got to take dad's place. And you have now got to be what dad was. I said to him, You haven't got to do that because you can't do that. You can't be dead. But do you know, he took that on board to fill his dad's shoes and it has totally ruined his life. You see, God does not call us to, to fill other people's shoes. He calls us to follow him and to go with whatever way he leads us. Maybe God is calling you this morning to be an absolutely amazing intercessor in prayer. And praying... And the gift of praying, you know, the, the, the amazing man Reinhard Bonnke has won millions of people to the Lord Jesus Christ. And one of the key supports that are earlier on in his ministry that he would never go anywhere without was Suzette Hatting, who was his prayer warrior and had a team of, of praying people. It could be praying you could be one of the best parents that there is, learning, gifting about bringing up uh, family that others don't understand and don't know about. And God could use you mightily and powerfully in that whole area. You could have a teaching gift that God wants to impart through you into the lives of young people. We don't have to fill other people's shoes. And I believe there are those this morning that are feeling you just cannot fill other people's shoes. You don't have to. God's calling you and he will use you in your own shoes and he will use you in the gifting that he has given to you and he will release you into that to fulfill his purposes and his plans. I have a... a, a ladies, I, I just feel I want to talk to some ladies this morning. I have a friend who is a missionary out in uh, Congo and uh, when, we, when she was in the youth meeting when I was a youth leader... God called her powerfully uh, and clearly to, be, uh, to go to the mission field. It was called the Belgium Congo at the time. And she responded to the call and the call of God was upon her. And uh, she went to the Belgium Congo. Now, the Belgium Congo initially was pioneered for the gospel by two elderly gentlemen who couldn't speak the language. They were, they were named Jimmy Salter and William Burton. And they went out there 
and died out there eventually. Uh, they couldn't speak the language. The only communication uh, tools that they had were sweets and toys that they won the children's affection, learned the language, and established about a, a thousand different groups of people that began to follow Christ. And this woman, this young woman, was called to go to the Belgium Congo. And she went to the Belgium Congo, and I remember the first time she came home for a holiday, she said, I need to speak to you. And I said, what, what is it, Carol? She said, now she'd gone out, and she was, she was under the leadership of, of uh, you know, folk who'd got a heart for missions. And she said, God has really spoken to me and said, he wants me to begin to go into the prisons. But, you know, these older gentlemen, they were different generation and saw things differently. She said, and they're saying, oh, it's not a place for women to go and this is not a place for women to do things and this is not. She said, you know, God has so spoken to me. What should I do? Well, what she's asking me for is advice to go against those that she's serving under. So it's very difficult. But somehow we got around it and um, I said, now, Carol, if God is really call, causing you, you don't need, calling you to do this, you don't need to cause any trouble, but you need to very wisely try and somehow fulfill the call of God. Cut the story short, this single woman that was on her own uh, eventually made her way to, to one of the prisons. Somebody invited her, she went... And the outcome of this woman going to the prison was that, uh, well, the outcome over, over the last 25, 30 years has been thousands upon thousands of uh, prisoners coming to know Jesus Christ, prison governors arranging bonfires for all their fetishes and all, their, all the things that they have, all the things they have on their body to be burned, and thousands of people have become born again. You see, one woman who felt that she couldn't fulfill anybody's shoes, couldn't walk in Jimmy Burton, uh, Willie Burton and Jimmy Salter's shoes and be what they had been, had the call of God upon her and she just did, did, did what God... I remember she came home. She's the most insignificant person and we had her come to one of our home groups. And, uh, and I mean, she's so very shy and... Uh, uh, and, and reserved and she came to the home group a lot of people turned up to hear her and she said um, she started she said oh it's so lovely to be here tonight she said and um, God's told me about people he's going to heal tonight now there's somebody over there and it's you and she pointed this person God's just healing you of so and so and so and so now she hadn't been in the country for five years and we saw an amazing gifting because this woman had said I'm going to follow God. I'm going to honour the call that God has put upon my life. I'm not going to be bound by having to fill anybody else's shoes. I'm going to be me and let God do what he wants to do. And those of you here who are a little bit shy about being on your own, about stepping out, God wants to say to you, go for it because he's got a plan for you in which he's going to move you into a place of fruitfulness that you've never known in your Christian lives. Never known in your Christian lives. And you're not to worry about, um, about feeling inadequate. You know, if you look through the scriptures, <laughs> do you remember Moses, that great man Moses? I mean, he took the people through the Red Sea. He did the most amazing miracles. 
You know, when God called Moses with the burning bush, he stood there and he said, God, you've got the wrong guy. I'm not a very good speaker. I can't go and speak to Pharaoh. I can't go and... Could I take my brother with me? And God let him take his brother along with him to help him. You see, he didn't feel adequate, but God released him and he released himself into the purposes of God and he followed the call of God upon his life. So don't, don't be afraid about feeling inadequate. Gideon felt totally inadequate. But as he began to trust God, God began to move through him. And God did a most amazing thing through him. He said, you need to get an army together, Gideon. So Gideon got the army together and he said, we, we haven't got enough yet, Lord. We've only got 32,000. He said, well, let's see the ones that you really need to take with you. And uh, of course he said, well, I want you to get them all together and I want you to tell all those that are fearful, all those that are frightened of dying, uh, and all those that are scared to go home. So he got them together. He said, now you're all mighty, mighty soldiers, mighty warriors. Uh, but if you're scared and if you're frightened, I want you to go home. And we're going to stick with those that are left. And out of 32,000, 22,000 went home. Don't you think that was a bit of a shock, a bit of a blow? He was left with 10,000. He said, God, what are you doing? What, what are you doing? God said, there's still too many. And he said to him, take them down to the river to drink. And those that drink this way, put that side. Those, And he, he ended up with 300 and the rest. He said, send the rest home. We're going to do it with the 300. And I want to encourage you this morning. With God, all things are possible. And you or me and God is a majority. Did you hear what I said? Me and God is a majority. In any situation, you and God is a majority in any situation. So I want to encourage those of you this morning who are feeling inadequate. Go for it. Fulfill the call of God on your life. Then you know there's somebody else here that really needs encouraging. You will know who you are and you don't have to tell me. But uh, there's another man uh, uh, that I just want to mention this morning. Well, there are two men. There's Elijah and Elisha. Now, of course, Elisha was the young servant of Elijah, the great prophet. And, uh, you know, he'd said to him, uh, he said, look, what do you want me to give you when I'm gone? So he said this to the young Elisha. So Elisha says to Elijah, what I want you to give me when you, when you go, when you leave this world, he said, I want you to give me a double portion of what you've got. So he said, all right. If you're with me, when I am taken away, you shall have a double portion. So on their way, they're going down to the River Jordan, and uh, they've got to get across. And there was no bridge and no ferry. So Elijah rolls his cloak up, he strikes the water, and the water separates and they go through the water. And when they get the other side, it comes back. Marvellous. And then it seems that the great prophet... Elijah tries to encourage Elisha, you stay here, I'm going on to pray. No way, he said, I'm not leaving you. If I'm going to see you go, I want to stay with you so I get a double portion. And he tried that a time or two and he stayed with him. And within a little while there were a sound of chariots and uh, chariots and horses came, took Elijah and Elisha was left. 
and he dropped his cloak. And Elisha picked the cloak up and he said, well, the man of God said I'd have a double portion. So he's got to go back the way he came. So he gets back to the River Jordan. And of course it's come together again, hasn't it? So he takes the cloak and he says, where's the God of Elijah? Strikes the water and the water parts. And I believe God told me to tell somebody this morning that it's time for you to strike the water. You, you will know what it's about. It's time for you just to step out and strike the water and say, God, you said in your name. And God wants to tell you, you will not look back. Do you know, you've, you've probably all heard about Benny Hinn. And you know of Benny Hinn. Do you? most of you know of Benny Hinn? Now, whatever you think about him, is it material? I wish I had his anointing. <laughs> uh, but he's, God's got an anointing for me. When Benny Hinn first came to this country, uh, he was having some meetings in the Midlands. And he came over here some, with, a, with another preacher just showing him what was going on in England. No demonstration of the power of God like we see in Benny Hinn's meetings now. But he came with another preacher and he was just going to have him with him to be with him during the... During the uh, time of mission that he was here and something went catastrophically wrong with the man that he was with and there was nobody left to do any preaching but Benny Hinn and he said he said he would do it and then he realized what a he felt what a stupid thing he had said he said how can I do that how can I how can, I've never preached to thousands like this before so I, I can't think of the building where they were. They were in one of the big, big halls. And, uh, and uh, so many people had come to hear this other man. He could talk about filling someone else's shoes. So many people had come to see this, hear this other man that they had a relay TV and meet, uh, uh, next door with another big building. And so Benny Hinn stood up at the very beginning of his ministry... And he said, I just need the help of God tonight. And he prayed. And God began to give him revelation and words of knowledge. And he began to see the people sitting next door in the other building, which he'd not even been in. He said, in the building next door, I, I can't be exact about this, but this is how it went. In the building next door, so many rows down from the... From the back, on the right-hand side, there's a gentleman sitting there and you have so-and-so and so-and-so. God's healing you now. And miracles began to happen. He wasn't filling anybody's shoes. God was beginning to release him. And that man, regardless of what, you know, some of his style is, uh, it, it might not be your cup of tea, it might not be mine. But the man has been instrumental in leading thousands and thousands of people to know Jesus Christ and has brought healing and deliverance to hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people. God's willing to do that for you and me. God's willing to release us into his purposes. Gideon says, I can't because. God says, you can because I'm God. Because I'm the one. So if you need to strike the water, you know what I'm saying. You need to, you need to step out. 
Or you need to step out of the boat like Peter did. Peter's the only person that ever walked on the water beside the Lord Jesus himself. And the only reason Peter walked on the water was because he got out of the boat. And I believe God's saying, get out of the boat to some of us this morning. Get out of the boat. Gideon asked for confirmation. Now, I've heard preachers say you should never ask God for confirmation. We should, should and shouldn't do a lot of things that we do and don't do. But listen, if you are being stirred a little bit this morning by a call that was upon your life at some stage and you're, you're just beginning to feel this morning, hey, yeah, God called me and I'd like to fulfill that call and I'd like to be, be something, I'd like to do something for God and for the kingdom. The nation that Gideon was in were very, very desperate. Things were very, very bad. And I believe that uh, nation-wise and world-wise, we've never been in such bad times as far as, as, as far as morality, as far as sin, as far as all that's going on. And there are a lot of people that are calling upon God. And we are coming to the end days. And one thing that the Bible says is in the end time, God is going to pour out, pour out his spirit upon all flesh. And amazing things are going to happen. Why don't we be some of those amazing things that God wants to do? Why won't you and I be some of those amazing things that God wants to do? We can be. The choice is ours. We can be. And I want to encourage you this morning and say, why don't you step out? If you need God to give you a fresh confirmation, I don't have any problem with that. I've done the stupidest things. When, God, when, when I first launched into full-time ministry, I did the craziest thing, I'm ashamed to tell you, but I will. Um, <coughs> we were just at the stage where we were we were ready to open a, a pioneer church. And, um, and I just hit a low time. All sorts of things seemed to be going wrong. The builders never got the building finished for the opening. Um, we, they were the days when you booked someone up and they came and had a fortnight's crusade. So we booked somebody up. Well, I, I can't even remember who he was now. I don't really want to remember. It might make me feel bad towards him. But um, we booked, booked an evangelist up for this marvellous crusade. He let us down four days before it all started. So all the printing's gone out. The church wasn't finished. There was scaffolding up. And all these people are coming to this, this opening of this. Wow, it was a mess. So... I began to think it was my fault. You know, stupid things like pastors do. And uh, I thought, God hasn't called me. This is not what God's called me for. I must have got this wrong. And it really got to me. And I began to think, nah, God hasn't called me. This is, this is, this is not my thing. So I remember, <laughs> I remember saying to God, God, we haven't even got the money to pay for this. The building's not finished. The builders won't be able to finish till we've got the money. The evangelist is not coming. It's a disaster. Now, we, I need your help. Otherwise, I'm going to chuck the towel in. That's what I said to God. And he didn't beat me with a big stick or anything like that. 
he just kept loving me and didn't seem to say much. So uh, anyway, it came to this opening. So we all put our suits on, you know, because that's what we did then, and our ties, and, uh, and we had this big opening. Everybody came, and it was pouring with rain. The site was mud. You, you, it was a disaster. It made me feel worse even still. Anyway, we, we got through the opening, and uh, my brother kindly agreed to step in and, and, and uh, preach for, for the week or whatever it was we were doing. And, uh, and it all came to a conclusion. Do you know, three days, I fancy asking God for 500 pounds to prove that he called me, called me to the ministry. Ludicrous. But uh, three days after it was, it was all uh, over, and we were back in the mud trying to finish the building, I got a phone call. And uh, somebody said, you're, you're never going to believe this, Peter. Do you, know what, do you know what's come through the post today for you? Well, not for me, but I said, it, it better be 500 quid. They said, that's exactly what it is. How did you know? You see, now, I shouldn't have done that, but God knew where I was at. He knew my heart. And he said, if you need 500 quid, son, you can have 500 quid. And so somebody sent 500 pounds, for, and it paid the builders. They finished the job, and you see, God... If you, need, if you need God to just confirm his call on you, ask him to. He loves you so much that he will say, of course I'll confirm that I've called you. And he will give you a fresh witness. You need to pick up the gifts. That uh, If the gifts and calls of God are irrevocable, if you've prayed... Oh, this is a difficult one. If you've prayed for the sick in the past... And they've got healed. Pray for the sick again and they'll get healed. Oh, you've gone very quiet on me. I'm saying that to myself. If you have moved in the prophetic in the past, doesn't Paul say something about stir up the gift that is in you? God hasn't taken the gift away. You've let it dry up a bit. Stir it up. Get in the presence of God. Fall in love with the Holy Spirit again. Talk to him more than you've done before. And he'll start to speak to you. If you need a visitation from an angel, then ask God to give you a visitation from an angel. Oh, you think that's off the beam? The burning bush, read the story. An angel of the Lord called to Moses. Gideon, an angel of the Lord. When Peter was in prison, who led him out of prison? An angel of the Lord. Anyway, we're not talking about angels. But if you need a visitation from an angel, I want to tell you, to confirm God's heart for you, he'll give you an angelic visitation. Do you believe that? You don't look as though you do. Do you believe that? He will. He will. I'm finished. But I I just wanted to encourage you this morning people of God. Listen, the call of God is on you. The call of God is on me. It's different for all of us, but the most exciting days are ahead. There was one verse I just want to leave with you. I expect I've lost it now. I'd not seen this verse till this morning. Uh, Said I'd lose it. 
Yeah. It's, this is talking about the new, uh, about the, uh, a new a covenant being renewed in Exodus. It's Exodus 34, verse 10. And he said, Behold, I make a covenant before all you people. I will do marvels such as I have not been doing in the earth before now, nor in any nation, and all the people among whom you are shall see the works of the Lord. I just felt that that was a promise from God for us. I will do things in the nation, things in the county, things in the church, things in your lives that I have not done before. And the key is us being willing to say, God, you've called and I'm going to follow. Can I just pray for us before we finish? If If God has spoken to you about anything specific this morning, I don't need to know. It's God's issue, not mine. But I'm going to pray. And if you would like me to pray for you concerning any of those areas, will you just stand to your feet and I'm going to pray now. All right? If, if any of those areas really apply to you and you feel, yeah, God, I want to do something about that, I want to pray now that God will do something in you that will, that will rekindle, that will reconfirm, that will refire you and that the Holy Spirit will come. Will, will you just stand and, and we'll pray now? Oh, God. Father, we thank you because you've called us. And this morning... We just want to say, here we are, Lord, wholly available. We want to serve you. And I pray now for those that are standing, and I'm standing in your presence, Lord, saying, I want you to refire me. Holy Spirit, will you come and rekindle desires that have, that have dulled? Will you rekindle enthusiasm that the enemy has worn away? Will you rekindle the prophetic? Will you rekindle gifts that will flow through my brothers and sisters and affect the kingdom and bring people into the kingdom? Change lives, change circumstances, change situations. I pray for every one of us standing this morning and say, Holy Spirit, come and do something fresh. We would say this morning, Spirit of the living God, Fall afresh on me. Fill me anew. Fill me anew, Spirit of the Lord. Fall afresh on us.